And welcome back in Stripe Show Podcast. It's a Friday. You know what that means? It's happy hour, and it's a happy hour Friday U.S. Open. Friday, the guys are up in Westchester County at uh, Wingfoot, one of the most beautiful places that I've ever been uh, on the golf course. Fantastic spot. I used to teach golf not far from there, actually, Westchester County. Not at Wingfoot. That, uh, of course, is, was reserved for the Harmon family. I was down the road at Doral Arrowwood. It was a little municipal nine-hole course, hitting off the mats. But, gosh, we were packed. People love golf in the New York area. It's just a shame there's no fans out there cheering these guys on. But they're playing, and Wingfoot's starting to get difficult and help me break it all down. You know who she is, the one and only Samantha Marks. How you doing? I'm so good. I missed you the past couple weeks. Did you survive without me? Yeah. Well, we did, but we didn't do the Friday happy hour because that's only reserved for you. And um, yeah, <laughs> we did miss the show though, but I'm glad you're back because, well, this is a big one. This is the second major of the year and um, it's not disappointing. I kind of like how it's going. Yeah, it's going really well so far. I think there's the the obligatory people complaining about it being USGA hate week. And, you know, those people are always going to be out there. But I think so far it's playing really well. People are, are some are playing really well. And then you have people who are 15 over on the day. So, yeah, I mean, it, it plays, quote unquote, easy Thursday, right? And it was. I mean, it was a little easier than I think. It was certainly easier than I was expecting. Um and, you know, here they come. Here they come. The USGA is set it up too easy. Man, stand by your word. Blah, 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 right on and on and on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know who they are out there just biting everyone's ankles. And and then, of course, it's going to toughen up. And then it's going to be too tough. It's just too mm-hmm. tough. I can't watch this kind of golf. You know, why don't they put I some water on I want to see more birdies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I like Twitter for certain reasons. But, man, there are a dozen or two people that, I don't know what makes him happy, honestly. I mean, I, I've just come to the conclusion that they're going to bitch no matter what. I, I Look, I watched Thursday. The rough is not quite as long as I was expecting. Um, I thought it would be a little more penal. It's still long, don't get me wrong. I mean, but it, I thought it would be, you know, where like you're kind of hacking it out, you know, with the wedge rather than maybe trying to chase it up to the front. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen, I saw Patrick. Seen a Reed, lot of that. Yeah, I saw Reed hit a hybrid out of there one time. Um, and the greens are a little softer than I thought. Um, there was no win yesterday, some easier pins today, more win, difficult pins and the scores are starting to reflect it. So we're going to come back closer to even as we get into the weekend. Um, but I was okay with a Thursday. Why not? A few birdies out there. Gosh, there was no defense. There was no win, Samantha. Yeah, I think, I think what I noticed the most was people, you're right. It's the same people every time. There's people who are going to complain about the coverage. There's people who are going to complain about the USGA. It's the same people every time who, um, and if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know who it is, it's probably you. Um, (laughs) That's just the rule of thumb. So yeah, yeah, I think, I think people, Justin Thomas, who shot five under yesterday, he just played really well. Like, yeah, yeah, the course was set up, this course was set up maybe a little bit easier than, than we thought it was going to be, but you're also, you can also play well on a course that's set up really hard. And I think that that's what people miss 
a lot about USGA events is, yeah, there's just going to be some people who go out there and light it up. Well, let's talk about Justin. He shot 65 yesterday, five under. That was the low round of the day. Uh, I didn't take Justin uh, in my picks um, in DraftKings. I elected to go elsewhere and I got some heat from it after he shot 65. And I was like, look, the reason I didn't is Justin can spray it off the tee. I was expecting more penal rough. I think being able to advance it like you see the guys are plays into Justin's favor. He is the best iron player on the planet right now. Um, and secondly, I didn't like the way he was trending uh, with this putter. He putted beautifully yesterday, but you know, look, six out of the last seven rounds strokes game putting in the negative. I saw a friend of mine walking around with him on the putting green on Thursday. His name's John Graham, one of the best putting coaches out there. And I texted him and said, John, are you working with JT? And he didn't answer. Mm -hmm. So I texted him again, John, are you working with JT? <laughs> and I knew that he was looking at it. In fact, I think he was looking at it while the, t the camera was on him on TV. And he said, I have been as of late, not in the stroke, just greens reading, um, uh, routine, just different things, you know? So I don't know, you know, he's, he's a great putting coach. JT, I think realizes he he's missing some things. Maybe it's not stroke related, but you could certainly see the difference on Thursday. I mean, he putted, very, very well. If he keeps a driver in front of him and he puts it like that, JT will be tough. Yeah, he played really well yesterday. Only had one bogey, um, which was pretty insane for the amount of bogeys we saw yesterday. 28 putts. Um, so, I mean, that's that's a great putting round. It seems as if um, he was fifth in the field in strokes game putting yesterday too. So yeah. that's, he's figured something out. But I did see a tweet, like you said, that he was he wasn't consulting um, him for stroke, it was more so uh, speed control. Mm -hmm. Justin said he's been struggling with that a lot and green reading, which is interesting because you'd think guys at the highest level, um, I found that interesting anyway, wouldn't struggle with green reading kind of later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And, um, and you can see it statistically. I've been watching it um, with Justin, um, just kind of the steady decline in his putting. So that shied me away this week, but hey, they're going to come out of it at some point, right? I just didn't think this was the venue. But again, I think being able to advance it like you're seeing out of the rough plays into his hands because if you give him any lie at all, I mean, JT is the best iron player in the game right now. I mean, him and Morikawa, you know, there's a there's a few of them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of keep things moving in the right direction. But you start making putts, you start getting more confident in perhaps that's uh, what happened on Thursday. He made a nice putt today on his first hole to save par as well. And he is now joined by Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed is tied for the lead with Justin Thomas as we are on the air at five under par. What other storylines are out there, Samantha, that you have? Let's talk about Phil Mickelson. He shot nine over in the first round and he was taking some pretty, some pretty risky shots on Friday. I don't know if you <laughs> saw, did you happen to see the one out of the bunker? I did. Yes. Okay, so he's got one foot in one foot out ball in the rough on the lip takes a wood of some sort. I mean, that is just, that is pure. Don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> like just going to hit it and see what happens. I mean, that is, the kind of mentality and shot you hit when you know you're missing the cut. Yeah. It, you know, look, it was a long shot, right? I saw there was a bunch of money put on him from the same guy that won all that money that he put on tiger to win the masters. Um, but I mean, Phil's a long shot at, at winning this U S open. He, he just, he cannot keep the ball in front of him off the tee. I mean, Phil's never been 
a good driver of the ball. I mean, he's always been relatively long. He creates speed, but he's always been loose and man alive. He is all over the place. Yeah, that's the only way I can put it off of the tee. And it's just amazing. Just a month ago in the Ozarks on the champions tour, he shot 2,203 days. I mean, it wasn't like he was just out in a pasture hitting his driver. He still had to fit it into a golf course. Right. So um, man, he just, when he loses it now up the tee, it is really bad. You just, you can't play a golf course like Wingfoot when you're spraying around like that. And you're, you're right. Yeah. He just takes this fairway wood and he's half in out, out of this fairway bunker. And he, just, he lands it on the green and he's got his aviators on and it's cloudy. And I don't he's know. Definitely it, got, yeah. He's definitely unfortunate, but you're right. It's interesting that it's this well, it's the same guy who shot, you know, 22 under set of, set a PGA tour champion score scoring record that week. Like it's, and it wasn't that long ago, but I saw a video of Phil um, hitting a drive and then he kind of, you know, looks at the ground, kind of looks all distraught about it. And he goes, I'm sick of this. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, I, yeah, very relatable feeling. Um, and it just, he, you're right. He can't seem to, to fit it in front of him. And it's sad because I would love to see him play well, but this, this could have been his last, his last go at the U S open. Yeah, it probably was. And you know, the reality is, is you're seeing Phil and even tiger now, right? You're seeing and tiger of course has the injury, but I mean, you're seeing skill erode. That's what happens when you get older, you know, skill erodes. And that's, you know, when it goes, your days that it's off are that much worse. Right. And that's, what's happening with Phil. We've seen it with tiger. He just looks you know, he's not the same tiger. We, it's just, that's the bottom line. He is not the tiger woods of the dominant era that we saw. He is a different tiger woods now where his skill is not like it used to be. It doesn't mean he can't put it together and win. It just means that it's not the same person that you were seeing 10, 12, 15, 20 years ago. Um, and you can see it with tiger too, who's got some work to do, um, here he's three over par. looks like the cut's going to be around plus six. And it's going to play tough. So Tiger is going to have to go out and make some noise. He made a good par save as well uh, on the first hole. But it's unfortunate. You know, these are the things that make you, as you get older with Tiger and Phil growing up in that era, thinking about this is Phil Mickelson's last U.S. Open is kind of deflating. I got, I got to be honest. No, it definitely is. I mean, I grew up watching, you know, Tiger and Phil were – were it they were going head to head they were you know battling each other out in the early 2000s and and it's sad to kind of see them both um getting up there for lack of a better term like you know they it's hard for tiger he's even said before to hang with the the younger guys you know the mm-hmm. justin thomas is the dustin johnson's uh brooks and stuff like that it can't train the way they used to can't practice the way they used to uh, a couple weeks ago tiger remember when tiger extended his putter an inch because he couldn't bend over like that to practice. Like that is just pure old man um, status right there. So it's, it is, it's, it's discouraging. I wish, you know, we had somebody who was as dominant as tiger was at his, at, you know, Justin Thomas's age out there right now. I think that would be really fun, but it just shows that, you know, tiger is who he is because of how well he used to play. Maybe not at the current moment, but who knows? You never know what could happen on a Friday at Wingfoot. Yeah, and Tiger's 43. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Tiger's 43. Phil's 50. Jordan Spieth is 27. And this has to stop. 
what's happening to Jordan Spieth, right? I mean, he is, <laughs> this has to stop. What we're seeing here, oh he, my God. he is three over through the first four holes today. He's plus six down. And I, did you hear what he said yesterday after the round? He did. I will actually read it. He said, there's a lot that's off. I'm not really sure. If I knew, I'd fix it. So I'm kind of working through it and looking forward to having a little more time to figure it out. I mean, yeah, I'm late behind it. The second I try to get back out in front of it, it's hooking. Standing on a tee at the U.S. Open and not exactly knowing where the ball is going to go is not a great feeling. I know you guys probably haven't experienced that before, but it's not incredibly enjoyable. I'll grind it out. I don't ever give up. I have no reason to. I'm here. My first takeaway from that is saying that he's looking forward to having a little more time to figure it out. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been a while. I had it some, has. some very hot takes about Jordan Spieth that um, angered the Twitter community in the last 24 hours. I'm not sorry. I don't take it back. Well, share that I, with us. Share that tweet with us. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs. Use of high-density particles and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. I would love to. I said, I said it a million times and I'll say it once more. Jordan Spieth was a phase and that's a hill I'm willing to die on. Now, did I mean that he was never good? He'll never be good again. No, that's not what I said. I it was awesome when Jordan Spieth was in his dominating phase. But if you look at it, he played really, really well. One, I mean, damn near everything for two or three years back in 2017, 2016, and hasn't done much since. That is quite literally a phase of life we are no longer in. That is all I'm saying. And oh my God, is the Spieth fandom pissed at me. <laughs> and I don't, I have never seen another fandom be so diehard for no reason. It is insane. Like these people, um, when I said it's a hill I'm willing to die on, somebody goes, I hope it's not a steep hill so we can watch the slow suffer while you tumble. Wow. Shame on you while kicking dirt while he's down. Like, okay, he's been down for three years. I've been saying this for three years. I just haven't tweeted it because I work for Golf Channel and I couldn't say bad things about people. And now I decide to voice my opinion, which isn't really an opinion. It's kind of factual. Yeah. And yeah. people are, people are pissed at me, but it's, what, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, he was really good and now he's not, that's all well, I'm trying to say. <laughs> I mean, I said, I said a while back, I mean, it's time to, it's time to do something different. I mean, this is now the clinical definition of insanity. I mean, I mean, Jordan, 
you're doing the same thing over and over again, at least it appears from the outside, you haven't made any changes and this is still continuing to go on. This is, and I've said this before many times and I've taken shots from it from other teachers. Like, I can't believe you're doing, you know, you're saying something like this. I'm not saying anything about any other teacher. I'm just saying that Jordan Spieth, take the names out of it. Mm -hmm. Player A has been continuing to play terrible golf and he can't hit the golf ball. Um, he's way right today on 11. I mean, way right off the tee on 11. Uh, 13, the par three, he's way left. He's left of the bunker on 13. And that's what he said in his press conference is that he's late. He hits it way to the right. And then he kind of gets on top of it and then he gets it to the left. So he's clearly got the two-way miss going. And he has, he's been struggling mightily with his ball striking. There was a period where I think they admitted that they were working on the wrong thing. So it's like, look, mm -hmm. something has to change. You have to flip the switch here. This is, there's been enough runway here to try to solve the problem. You have to go a different direction. I believe that. I've said that many times. It doesn't mean that Cameron McCormick can't coach. He's a great coach. Right. Yeah. You know, he's done a good job with Jordan up to this point. I've lost many players. You know, and you feel bad about it. They leave, they go somewhere else. And we had, a, and we had success up to that point. And then things kind of go sideways and off they go. Right. And you understand that it hurts, but it's not, it's, it's part of the deal, right? It doesn't mean that you're a bad teacher. You're a bad guy. It doesn't mean Jordan Spee's a bad guy. It just means that, look, something's got to change. You're 27 years old you're starting to kind of waste some years here doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And um, look, it can't hurt at this point to make a change when you go on the podium and you have no idea where it's going. And you've been trying to fix this now for the better part of two and a half years. So, you know, it, it uh, gosh, I, I mean, it's, it's, at, I'm, I'm not, someone asked, someone said, man, I feel sorry for him. And it's like, well, you know, I'm kind of past that phase. I've went through that. Oh yeah. I'm way past that. I'm past that phase. It's like, you're the player, make a, make a, make an adjustment and let's, let's change it up here a little bit and get some new eyeballs and some ideas and get some things moving in the right direction. I thought it was interesting. Um, Duvall's comments about David Duvall and golf channel saying, you know, he just needs to go play and be reactionary. And then I think Spieth was kind of indirectly answering that in the press conference saying, when I'm just reactionary and I just aim at a tree and hit it, I don't know where it's going to go. It's even worse. <laughs> you know, so I mean, that is such a mental, like huge red flag. Like yeah. that is just, you can't step up to a course like Wingfoot and not know where it's going, but he's been doing that for the better part of two or three years. Right. Yeah. Oh, he and has. so for him, so for him to get up there and say he needs more time to figure mm -hmm. it out, it's, it's, I don't know. People were coming at me because they were like, well, his phase was better than most pro golfers careers. I'm like, yeah. yes, that's, that's literally my Absolutely. point. Like that is my point is that he did a, a great amount for the game of golf was wildly successful in a very short period of time. And what has he done since? Not much. And that yeah. is my point. My point is never that he wasn't good. We'll never be good again. I think most golf fans, us included, hope he gets it back. I would yeah. love to see him get it back. It well, me just, too. And I think, I think that's so lost in translation, especially yeah. over, over a platform like Twitter. 
um, people are like, oh, you want to watch him burn and roll down the hill of fire. Like, okay. So it's, and it's like that with anybody. You mentioned it about how Brooks hasn't been playing well recently. And then he starts withdrawing and it's like, well, you know, you just don't want to see him win. All right. (laughs) All right. Keyboard warrior. Well, here we are in the 14th now and he just hit it left of left. I mean, it looks like, you know, it's just a straight line on shot tracker, but it looks, it has, that's a hard low hook. I mean, the, the first five holes today, just abysmal. I mean, off the tee. I mean, we're talking not just barely into the rough. We're talking huge misses here, people. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, I don't feel sorry. Like I'm just at this point, it's like, come on, you've got to do something different. Take control. Let's move forward. And how that lands is how it lands. Um, you know, let's, let's move on. I'm, I'm sick of it. We need Jordan Spieth back. He's to me oh, absolutely outside of Tiger Rory. I would put Spieth as a, as a needle mover three. Oh, definitely. And I think he's one of those, you know, American guys that people in our country want to rally behind. He's, you know, he's good with the media. He's good with the kids and, you know, he's just a good guy overall that people want to see succeed. And of course, people in the content world like us want to see him succeed for anybody to say anything different is just ridiculous, but it's, it's, um, it's, it was very interesting. I'm scared to look at my Twitter notifications because I'm getting yelled at. So I don't know. I don't know if you followed me last year, but I tweeted something about saying that I don't think the office is funny. The show. Mm. I said, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The office isn't funny. And oh my God. Oh, wow. I, I think that, um, that was worse than what I said about Jordan Spieth. I got like so many people unfollowing me yeah, well. <laughs> coming for me. And I think this, that nobody's, they haven't been this mad at me since I said that. So, <laughs> but well, it is what it is. Okay. I, I stand by both of my, um, both of my takes. So let me ask you this as Tiger pars his third, he's now even through three. Um, and I, as I scroll up here, Patrick Reed just made a bogey. So now he is one back. He's four under. Bryson DeChambeau is three under. If Reed or Shambo wins, how does that land with the golf population, do you feel? I think people would be more receptive to Bryson. Still not very receptive, but more receptive. Um, I have not ever really understood the Reed-hate train. Um, I mean, I understand why, I guess, people don't like him as much um, because of the team events and how he's handled some stuff like that. But the guy can play some golf and he's been up there the past few weeks too. And I think um, I kind of forgot about him before this event, to be totally honest with you. And then I saw he shot four under yesterday and I was like, Oh, that's just going to piss a lot of people off and just further the, uh, the 2020 um, storyline is would be Patrick Reed winning the U.S. Open. So, what are your thoughts? I, you know me, I like Bryson more than you like Bryson. But, um, how would you feel? Well, I mean, I like I like Bryson for the game of golf. I mean, he's not my cup of tea off the golf course. Um, right. But, I mean, look, I think, yeah, I mean, for Reed, it's the it's the cheating accusations and you know mm-hmm. um, those kinds of things. Uh, the way that he's handled that over the years. And and I think the amount of smoke that is around those acquisitions, right. I mean, it's not just one or two, there's, mm-hmm. there's multiple. Yeah. So, um, so I think, I think that that's never going away. You know I mean? That's just, that's never going away. 
no matter what, I, I think people people would be more receptive uh, to Bryson. Although I think Bryson's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way with his antics um, and, you know, in the way that he's handled certain situations and the altercation that he got with the, um, right. um, with one of the uh, volunteers and, you know, so there's a few incidences there now. It's like, you know, you do it once and then all of a sudden now two, three, four examples start to happen. And it's like, come on, you know, it's like, so there's to me, you know, Bryson off the course is intelligent as he is or appears to be. Um, there's definitely a, there's definitely, yeah, or so yeah, exactly. Um, there's definitely a lack of maturity there. And um, so I think that's probably rubbed some people the wrong way, but I, I love Bryson for golf. I like, oh, yeah. I like what he's doing. He had a 380 yard drive today on the par five ninth. <laughs> yeah, I think it's been, I think I was having, I was really enjoying watching the, the grouping of Bryson, Tony and Dustin Johnson. Yeah. That is just a straight bombing group. Um, it would have been obviously really cool. If there would have been fans and, you know, seeing them interact with them. And I did see some tweets saying that Finau outdrove Bryson several times. Um, Bryson is still number one on tour for distance off the tee. I actually looked that up today because I was interested in where Finau stands before this event. Bryson is first and Finau's 13th in total distance off the tee. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And then Finau, you know, we've had this conversation before you and I about Finau could be the longest guy on tour and, you know, is just kind of wanting to poke fun at Bryson about it, um, which I enjoy that. Yeah. Well, I think he is. I mean, I think Finau, if he wants to be, he is the longest on tour. I had Boyd Summerhays on his coach um, a couple of weeks ago and I asked him that question. He said, yes, he, he, there's, for, there's no question that if he reaches back and hits it, he's the longest. Um, you right, know, Finau's there. We, we talked about his swing is a little bit shorter, right? Yep. Oh yeah. When he reaches back, when he lengthens it out, he's the longest for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which he, is and, interesting. Yeah, it is. And they've shortened it by design. I mean, Boyd shortened it to hit more fairways, but, but he can, he can still reach back and go. In fact, he's, I think I, I kind of got the sense with Boyd that he tries to encourage Tony on courses that he can to reach back more. Um, and let it out and sacrifice a fairway. So, but I, I do think Finau, when he wants to be, is the longest. There he is at plus two. I think he just needs to trail a little from behind. I don't want to see Finau in the lead. I want to see Finau <laughs> trailing a little bit. I don't think Finau wants to see Finau in the lead. <laughs> I'd love to see a little backdoor win here, getting the clubhouse even. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, I'll tell you, two names that surprised me. One is uh, Bubba. Bubba has not played good at U.S. Opens, and um, he is he's playing some good golf. Bubba Watson doubled the last hole today to shoot 69. He had a good round going. He's plus one, T12 right now for the tournament. The other one, and I put this name out there on the um, on the gambling show. Um, not not the one I do for DraftKings, but another one that I did for Jonathan Coachman that you saw on our platforms. And he picked against Will Zalatoris, and I stopped him in his tracks. And mm-hmm. I said, Coach, don't ever say those words again because Will, Zal- Will Zalatoris is the real deal. And he had a he, hole in one yesterday. He almost had two. He should have had two. Really? Did, I didn't yeah. see the second one. 
he hit the flag stick on the second par three on the back nine. And <laughs> yeah, right in the center of the flat stick. And it wasn't even going that fast. It should have went in. Yeah. So for the morning wave, um, speaking of the two names, you said that popped out at you. The There were only two scores in the 60s. Two people under par, Bryson and Bubba. Bryson 68, Bubba 69. The scoring average for the morning wave was 74.62. So definitely playing hard out there. Um, but Bubba surprised me as well. And he, I mean, he doubled the last hole to still be under yeah. par. That's, that's yeah. a really good round for him. We haven't been seeing much of him lately uh, near the top of the leaderboard. Yeah. Will Zaltoris, he's on the corn Ferry tour. He's um, he's one, but he is a bomber. He's a great driver of the ball. His game, he hits it long and straight. Good iron players. Putting's a little unorthodox, but mm-hmm. he will be on the PGA Tour. You'll hear more from this kid. I promise you he's in the cut plus four right now. What else is bothering people out there? I saw your tweet and what's irritating them. I'm sure they're like pissed now that it, the scoring average is 74. It's playing too tough, let me guess. Right, right. So our weekly been out of shape segment every Friday morning, I ask people what has this been out of shape in golf this week? Because I do feel like, as we talked about at the beginning of, of this episode, people are just pissed all the time uh, about anything. And it's only wor- made worse because we're all stuck at home. So a um, couple things today. Most people were pissed at the reaction to my speak take. So I do have some people on my side, but those are people who, you know, like my mom and stuff. So um, we've got, let's see. Um, somebody said they played Cabot cliffs. Have you played that course? No. Uh, somebody said that there's over a dozen blind shots and no yardage book available. So they had no idea where to hit it. That seems very frustrating. Somebody said they were two under through three and shot 90. So that's rest in peace to that man. Um, (laughs) people were saying that they were upset with people complaining about the, um, conditions, but then other people were saying that there were too many under par rounds. Give me carnage, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, if you could take a shot for every time you've seen the word carnage on Twitter, you'd be in the hospital. Um, let's see. Driving range mats, somebody says. Nothing gives me a false sense of confidence more than a driving range mat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you can, because it's, it's you know, look, you need that mat to really determine where that club head is bottoming out. It's like, look, you can still hear if you're hitting behind it. Yeah, you're getting away with it, but you're still hitting behind it. Like, you, you know, you, you can hear it. It's a better shot, but you still know you hit behind it, right? So it's, yeah. it's I like teaching off the map personally, because I think it, I think it takes some elements out of play and they, they just focus more on what you're asking them to do. Yeah, um, that's a hot take right there. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do. I enjoy teaching on the mat. And it's great. It's a great confidence booster for me. I feel like I pure every shot off of the mat. Right. Um, and then there's a couple other things. Somebody said Phil took driver out of the bag uh, today, which is not fun. No bombs today. Um, or if he was, he was spraying them all over the place, which we talked about earlier. And then a lot of people were upset at the Peacock streaming service. Yeah. Did you happen to see that stuff yesterday? So, yeah. It was on TV. The coverage was on TV until five. And then um, it went to this NBC streaming service from five to seven, which then you have to make an account. And it's not on the Roku device, which is for smart TVs, which that's what really pissed people off. Um, so people were having trouble finding it and it was a whole thing. But You couldn't mirror it. You couldn't um, feed it to your Apple box either. It wouldn't. Right. 
Right. So it was just kind of um, overall another week, another you know group of people pissed about the coverage, but that is what it is. Yeah, I didn't like um, it either. I mean, I, I you know I, I try not to get into the all of this complaining about everything, and you know it's like, but I. I didn't really like that either. Five to seven, you know, people getting home. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of thinking that that was probably NBC's goal was to get, you know, get the coverage back for the U S open. Cause that was a new thing. Remember how mm-hmm. it was supposed to be, um, CBS and then, or Fox, it was supposed to be Fox, excuse me. And then they got it back and then this Peacock streaming service is brand new. And I think that that was kind of the goal was to get people to sign up and it is free, oh, but sure. it is yeah. a pain in the ass, yeah. you know? So, yeah. I mean, it was definitely to get them to, to sign up. It's just, it's difficult to, man, you know, five to seven getting home. I'm going to go home and watch us open and you're like flipping through and it's like, wait, wait where is it? You know I mean? I got, no, yeah. I got Now I got to get it on this app. It's not the NBC gold. It's the, it's the Peacock app. So I don't know. It just, it didn't land great for me either, but there it's on coverage here today. Um, Tiger, of course, playing here in the afternoon wave who parred the fourth hole as well. Patrick Reed has now reclaimed the T1 position after a bogey from Justin Thomas. So now Thomas comes back one and we're at minus four. So we are on our way. Samantha back to even par and a U.S. Open is definitely starting to break out. The greens are going to get, I would have to think a little bit firmer. Mm -hmm. Um, And if this wind continues to pick up or continues to blow, like we saw today, we will be over par uh, coming the end of day on Sunday. And I would think that the USJ wants this probably plus one plus two to win it. Ogilvy won here plus five back in 2006 plus nine made the cut back in 2006. Right now we're looking at probably plus seven is uh, where the cut line, you would have to think that might move to eight um, before the end of the afternoon is the, the scores are just, you know, everybody's plus three, plus four, plus five, you know, just six, seven, eight holes into their round. So Wingfoot is flexing and um, who do you got? Let's, let's, let's have a little, Let's have a little prediction here. Um, give me a couple names that you're like, yeah, these things you know, probably the winner's probably going to come from, you know, one of these two. I know that you like Xander, um, so I won't go Xander. I would love to see Bryson win. I don't know if he can keep it together, um, keeping that 69, 68 range for all four rounds, especially with you mentioned, you know, the greens getting harder and every they're going to grow out that rough and it's, it's going to get tougher as it should, but I'm going to go Bryson with a caveat of Rory in case Bryson doesn't win. Well, Rory's three over through four today. Oh, well, I didn't see that. So I take that back. (laughs) No, he's even, so he's even par and he's finally starting to play like a man that just had a baby. Yeah. Well, he birdied the first hole and I don't know, Travis, we've never talked about this, but I used to purposefully not birdie the first hole because I believe it's bad luck. Oh, wow. So Rory went today, birdie, bogey, bogey, double. So I'm not saying that my theory stands true, but it, you know, it might. (laughs) Whenever I would birdie the first hole or come even close, my dad would stare at me like, don't do it. Don't ever do it again. Seriously, like it's the worst um, 
thing for me, the bad luck charm. So maybe that was his thing today, but hopefully he'll turn it around. I got Bryson. I'll go Bryson. Who do you have? I'll, I'll go. I mean, Xander was my pick going in. Um, he's even par. He's he's done for the day, 68-72. He looks good. Xander looks good. I, I like his game. And I'll, and my second will be will be Rom. I think Rom's right where he wants to be, Ooh, plus that's one. That's a good one. Yeah, I think he's plus one. This is kind of how he rolls. I mean, I believe he came back when he won the Memorial. Yeah, he, he did. He was in a similar spot at going into the weekend, came back. And then he was similar spot at the BMW too. So this is kind of what he does. He kind of just, it's kind of like Tiger S just. I would love that. I would love to see, you know, a, a, a Rom or a Bryson or, or a big name win. I feel like we need that for, for the U S open and how much press has been around the conditions and stuff like that. I would love to see that. Well, it's going to be exciting. Great job as always. And um, well, we'll just have to wait and see. It was sure nice seeing the teams back out on the gridiron over the weekend. Lucky for us, that was just week one. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup now and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, and catch means more. With DraftKings, it's simple. Just pick your lineup, stand to the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code TRAVIS for a limited time new user can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week two action. Enter code Travis to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code Travis only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.